the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Good day and welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Another day and we seem to find another reason to move higher. The Web Developers Conference, the World Web, the Worldwide Developers Conference for Apple is pushing Apple stock higher. It's up six bucks today, and it's kind of dragging the whole market. The big tech companies are pulling everything up with it. There's some other outsized winners, too, because, again, when you go through that March pullback, everything got sold off in a group. Everything was bad. Some of it was worse than others, but everything. So slowly but surely, as they're putting them back together, um, it's kind of a Humpty Dumpty kind of thing. Some areas do better faster. So let's talk about what we're seeing out there. Um, as far as top stories of the day, stocks are climbing. There's hopes of a vaccine. They're starting to see things like 65% of colleges are expecting students to come back to campus this fall. Okay, so maybe a little bit more than we were thinking. French drug maker Sanofi said uh, early today that it anticipates it will receive approval for potential COVID-19 vaccine. It is creating what's GlaxoSmithKline. Those are two very good publicly traded companies, Sanofi and GlaxoSmithKline, and they may not be the American company, the one that you know really well, but they're big, big, big vaccine makers and drug makers in Europe. Um, Stocks cratered last night, and I was looking for the story. I was like, what's going on? You know, why the drama? And ultimately, White House trade advisor Peter Navarro said during a Fox News interview that any trade deal with China was over. And then he walked back from that remark immediately. He clarified that the phase one trade deal continues in place in subsequent statements uh, again and again and again and again. So he's trying to clean that mess up. The Donald had to go to Twitter and say, unequivocally, the China trade deal is fully intact. So there's some issues there, right? Um, 800-516-1220 teacher calls on the air. The NASDAQ 100 is closing at record high levels, and today it's playing with them again. So do we close? It's it's tough to say, but it's like Netflix and Apple and Microsoft and Amazon and Facebook all hit record closing highs yesterday. And those are all companies that you know. Those are all companies that they're not secrets. Netflix and Apple and Microsoft and Amazon and Facebook. Um, Facebook yesterday, we're starting to hear, you know, a boycott on hate, on boycotting, you know, hate ads. <laughs> and essentially, I think we're labeling everything that Facebook does on politics as hate ads. Uh, so a little bit of a, a brushback that's not hurting the stock. Um, 
Texas hospitalizations are in the news for COVID. And one thing that we're seeing is that the patients who are coming in the last two weeks are younger and they're probably more likely to live because they're younger and because doctors have had some time to figure out what works and what doesn't work in their own particular practice. <clears throat> so Governor Greg Abbott of Texas said an outbreak was growing at an unacceptable rate, and he warned he would tighten restrictions on social distancing if the outbreak escalates further. But for now, we're going to remain completely open. Texas does not want to shut down. Um I think there's a lot of pride there, and if you go in the red states and blue states, there's a lot of pride, and it's something that you would never think could actually possibly be true, but there you have it. Starbucks launches the Impossible Foods breakfast sandwich as America's appetite for plant-based meat grows. So Starbucks comes out with, I guess, what you would say their new menu. I want to say spring, but I think it's summer. (laughs) I don't know. I've been locked up for 100 days. Starbucks adds the Impossible Breakfast Sandwich. Um, The CEO got on CNBC this morning of Impossible Foods and said, nine out of 10 Impossible buyers are traditional meat eaters, bolstered by recent events like the meat shortages from the COVID-19 pandemic and a recent expansion into 1,000-plus grocery stores. I say try it. You know, Maybe it's something you'll like. I don't know. I uh, got to experiment with, and again, I'm, I'm just such a chicken when it comes to food waste. <laughs> I'm so bad. But I, I did pick up some Impossible Hamburger or Beyond Hamburger, Beyond Meat Hamburger, and it's expensive. But if you put, like, tomato sauce on it, you can't really tell, and then suddenly you have a Italian red sauce kind of thing going. So Impossible Foods, we're back to almost, we're back to almost where we're talking about that kind of story, where we're skipping over what Wall Street has to kind of whine and complain about with COVID and with the presidential elections. So an impossible story is out there, and I'm like, I'm stoked. Oh, I'm not saying it's over, because that's like a horror movie moment, right? The stock market got off to a strong start, aided by a tweet from the president this morning. Isn't that amazing? A tweet can now turn around a market. You heard about the shot around the world, the shot heard around the world. Um, And a tweet can kind of get things going. Let's see. Um, The new home sales report for May wasn't great. It wasn't strong. It pointed to growth on a year-over-year basis from a surprisingly weak showing in the same month a year ago. Um. The COVID-19 situation in the rearview mirror is that we're, we're kind of seeing things that are now starting to strengthen slowly month to month. And that's a nice thing. With data, it's super important that you don't just look at one data point. So let's say we're looking at April home sales. And we go back and we find out there was like a terrible hurricane that shut down the southeast. And um, there was a, you know, uh, a rainstorm. Like, there's really data can be really skewed in one month, really skewed um, when you're only looking at four weeks. So, <clears throat> things can be clo- uh, different by closing bell. Opening bell, 9 30 Eastern time, closing four o'clock, right? Uh, so, we got till one o'clock on the Pacific time. But again, another one of those days where I'm looking, oh, Apple's up six. I kind of expect that. 
Um, the Dow is up 170, uh, up 87 right now. No, 171. The Nasdaq is up 87, and the SP 500 is up 22. The Russell's higher. All four indices higher. I look at crude oil at $40 a barrel. Okay, that's a little bit better than 10. And it's skewing onto the strong side of 30 to 40. When it's, it starts getting 40 to 60, it becomes more of a hamper, a tax on, on growth. Gold, though, again, everything's up, even gold. And that's starting not to make sense. Because in theory, if you think the stock market and individual stocks are hitting all-time highs, you'd think that like someone's going to have to sell something. Silver sitting at $18 an ounce. It, too, is moving higher. 10-year Treasury sits at 71 basis points. Um, that's a big long-term story. But in the short term, it seems to be trading around 65 to 85, 65 to 85. But in the long term, that's still a dang low number. So we got that going. We're moving into politics and political season. Uh, so you're going to hear more and more stories um, about how another round of stimulus is coming or how great the economy is not doing or how great the economy is doing. Uh, figure out your next six months and set it in place. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. <clears throat> Welcome in, I think is the right way of saying this. You listen to Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Markets are doing a, a positive. And again, I think every single day now, when I log into financial media, I'm hearing one voice of saying, this is all going to end bad. Um, I don't want you to get spooked or greedy. I got an email yesterday that I thought is worth sharing. And it's funny because he says, I don't even want to share this on air, but I'd love an answer. And he goes, hey, Rob, I haven't talked to you in a while. Hope all is well. I wanted to run an idea by you. I'm considering becoming more aggressive and shifting to more stocks and fewer bonds at this point based on an observation. Okay, so he's thinking about going to more stocks and less bonds. And he's thinking about becoming more aggressive. Now, first and foremost, I'm nervous. I want to see where this goes. He says, it appears to me that anytime the market goes down, the Federal Reserve artificially inflates the market with trillions of dollars. That makes me think the Fed is not willing to see the market take a big downswing and risk is less than it used to be. What do you think? He added, I don't expect you to advise this one on air, but just curious as to your thoughts. No, no, I'm going to say it and keep in mind anything that I say ever on the show, I have to protect myself and protect you and say, consult a broker advisor for any action on any stocks ever mentioned. Um, but I don't think Glenn's wrong. Um, it's we don't really have a great social security system for uh, retirement. What we have is kind of pathetic and anemic. Now you can say back in the 1930s and 1940s when it was invented, it was it was for the pathetic and the anemic. It was for the blind and the widows. It was for social security wasn't necessarily for it was for the people who slipped through that they they could put enough food and shelter in place with Social Security. Now Social Security, it just hasn't kept up with inflation. And how could it? Our population continues to grow. Our population continues to get older. 
So for Glenn to say, I think the Federal Reserve is rigging the system so the market doesn't go down. I don't think it's far-fetched to think that our government has a vested interest in keeping the stock market high so that a lot of Americans who have saved in a 401k can retire with a little bit more than the supplemental Social Security. Because we would have a nation of senior citizens living in trailer parks if it was just the Social Security. So we've created this kind of faux retirement system. And it does seem like every time there's a crisis, it's dun 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 the Federal Reserve or the government to the rescue. Now I don't know if you could say like companies like Apple stock I own, Google stock I own. I'm pretty sure you can probably say, well, I bet they can fail. And I think you could look back at history and say, yeah, there are some big big names that do fail. GE is a great example. Sun Microsystems, if you're looking for one in the world of technology where you're like, I didn't think that was going to fail. If you want to go back to the 80s and 90s, there was a company called Digital Equipment. They were the Dell before Dell. And I'm kind of classifying Dell as a uh, computer for businesses and a little bit of home computer on the side. So Digital was a big, big company that couldn't fail, and they failed. So it does happen. So back to Glenn. And he goes, I want to turn an idea about you. I'm considering running, uh, becoming more aggressive and shifting to more stocks and fewer bonds. Now, here's the problem, Glenn. I don't know you. I don't know how conservative you are. I don't know how much money you have. Uh, I don't know what your time frame is. I don't know how much income you could replace if you go through three bad years right now of an overvalued stock market. We will have a bear market again. But I do share the same thought in the back of my head that the government has an interest in Voters will be upset if their stock market wealth goes away. And there's a lot of them. I know you're saying, well, there's a lot more poor people. And there are a lot more poor people. And there's a lot more you know, people struggling to get by. I totally know that. But I'm with Glenn. And I, I hate saying it because I know Glenn has a very amateur opinion. And the thing that co- wants me to like, <coughs> caution him is you're, you're saying I'm going to make a switch to stocks, not when the stock market's down, because you believe this theory, but when the stock market's already up and you believe this theory. Um, I want you to add to your theory that the Fed's going to bail us out to something like, well, I need to be greedy when others are fearful and fearful when others are greedy. So suddenly you have like a combination of two things. You have a little bit of a Warren Buffett who likes to buy when other people are afraid. And then you say, well, I like to buy whenever the people are afraid because the Federal Reserve always saves out, saves and bails out the market. I agree with that. And again, for the record, I think if we were to go for some reason, if COVID were to linger, if it were to get worse, if it were to mutate, if we were to find out that it was a biological terrorist attack, um. Yeah, I think we could shut down even further, and I think the Fed would work even longer to get us out of the mess with lower interest rates. Now, the sad part is, is there are losers with lower interest rates, and it goes right back to those people with Social Security, senior citizens. Anything that they have that was safe, you yourself are now saying, Glenn, that you want fewer bonds. Bonds are supposed to be for old people. Bonds are supposed to be for people who are scared of the stock market. Bonds are supposed to be for people who need income, but they don't need the growth. 
and they're more than happy to have that. So if you're 65 and retired, Glenn, you're a little wackadoodle in the head thinking that now is the time to be, you know, believing in the Fed and you're moving all your safe bond money over to safe stock money. When stocks aren't safe, there will become a period of time again when they go down. And I could even imagine a two-year recession in my lifetime, one that lasts two years. But if you take a look back at the last 100 years, we've gotten better at handling recessions. They tend to last shorter, and we tend to get back faster. There's not a lot of sideways. If you take a look at the 1960s in the market, they were like just boring years. Just nothing happened. And idle hands, you're like, well, my my, my retirement money's not really doing anything, so I'm going to take it out and I'm going to go put it in a pork bellies. You know, a pig has two bellies. And like, I didn't know that. You know, the most expensive thing about eating a pork sandwich is the cost of refrigeration of the meat (laughs) until it gets to you. That's kind of crazy. Uh, Not totally true, but it's a large factor. So, 800-516-1220 to each calls in the air. I want to finish up with Glenn and say, you know, I, I, I notably note, like I just said, in the last 100 years, recessions have been shorter. I'm with you that I think the Fed is on our side, and I, I have a small conspiracy theory that the government does have a vested interest. Now, again, maybe that'll change socially. Maybe, you know, to fix some of the COVID taxes that we're going to have to raise, maybe we take away something. Maybe we tax the wealthier. Maybe we do. I don't know. Um, but I have that conspiracy theory, too, Glenn. <clears throat> so don't let it go to your head and don't let it mismanage your portfolio. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Find me at newfocusfinancial.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we could talk about. So there's a couple real fun stories out there today. Starbucks launching the Impossible Foods breakfast sandwich. Pre-COVID, we were talking about Burger King and the Impossible brand and the Impossible Whopper. And would you pay a dollar extra or $2 extra for a burger? It's fast food. Fast food's supposed to be cheap food, right? And I think there was enough interest there that we're like, okay, let's go to phase two of this. This is one of those millennial trends, try to be nicer to the planet, um, that you can't knock. You can't, like, you should be eating real 100% cow. Um, You can't knock this one. Only real men don't eat plants. There is a thing in the 1980s. Do you remember real men don't eat quiche? (laughs) To this day, I don't eat quiche because that marketing, that that joke campaign. I know you're saying there was a marketing joke campaign when you're like fifth grade. I think so. Um, So, yeah, there's going to be some other companies out there like Nestle. Nestle is much bigger than Impossible and Beyond Meat. Now, Beyond Meat's announced some deals in China, and you're like, oh, boy. So Nestle makes something called Sweet Earth, alternative protein brand. So there's a player there, right? Nestle's big. Nestle's huge. As a food company, some people would say that, like, the Iran War, the wars in the Gulf where the United States have bases, 
<clears throat> that a lot of you know big interest like <clears throat> Nestle, who supplies all the water in plastic bottles to the soldiers, that war is good for business. And again, this is Rob Black conspiracy theory day, so that's all I'm going to say. <clears throat> but if you don't look at Nestle getting into the alternative protein industry with their brand Sweet Earth, Kellogg. <clears throat> now, Kellogg has a horrible name. First and foremost, Beyond Meat, okay, I get it. It, it's, it is exactly what it sounds like. It sounds like an evolution of meat. Nestle, the sweet earth, I get it. You know, Instead of eating cows, you're eating the grass that grows on the sweet earth or something like that, right? Impossible. How can you make something taste like meat that's not meat? I get the names, but Kellogg's has got the worst. It's called Incognito. I know you're saying you're making that up. No, no, no. Their brand of alternative protein, plant proteins, incognito. So as we get back to normal, and I don't know when, will it be the fall or will it be 2021? I don't know. I know we're going to have another flu season coming up like we do every year, and the flu decimates our senior population, much like this flu did. Um we got more flus and we're going to have more stories, but down the road, we're going to start talking about incognito and we're going to go, Rob, that feels good because you're talking about a long-term trend that I could invest in. I don't want the fly by night who comes up with a COVID vaccine. It would be fun if I could do it. Moderna is the number one choice. MRNA company out of Israel. Um, let's take a quick look at the markets because this was a day that again, we opened up and I'm, I'm kind of getting tired of opening up. I kind of want some negatives to play with here, but everyone looks like a winner right now. S&P 500's up three quarters of 1%. The Dow's up three quarters of 1%. The Nasdaq's up 1%. The Russell 2000's up uh, almost 1%. Apple's at a record high. Microsoft's at a record high. Boeing's not at a record high. But again, I'm digressing. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. There's a great article in Barron's. Barron's is one of the magazines I highly recommend if you like to understand the stock market and stories, i.e., I think they do a nice job of writing so that it's not like The Economist. I get a subscription to The Economist, and I'll tell you what, it is the most boring, nerdy thing that you could possibly find on the planet. It's awful. But... um. Barron's kind of counters that off. So there's a good article in Barron's um, talking about Amazon and what should they do next. And there's a thought that because COVID-19 is has superchanged and supercharged the reshaping of the mall, the reshopping of retail, that in the demise of companies like Macy's, 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 and uh, in the demise of Sears and Kmart's, and I don't know what I just did there, um, that Amazon should step in and start buying some brick-and-mortar companies. Uh, again, try to improve their supply chain. Try to get more hubs where they can store products that they want to get close to you so they can cut their shipping costs. Is that the right idea, or is that too crazy that you would take over Macy's and you would kind of acknowledge that you're not going to use all that space for retail, but some of it's going to be for other parts of fulfillment. 
We know the traditional retailers are struggling. Since January of this year, 355 retailers have filed for bankruptcy. I know you're saying, where do you get that data? Oh, just at your friendly local bankruptcydata.com. The top 10 companies seeking bankruptcy, these are names that you grew up with. Neiman Marcus, J. Crew, J.C. Penney's. Tough times, to say the least, for Chinos or Pier One or Models or Tuesday Morning or Sherman. Some of those are obviously much bigger, like Neiman Marcus. Um, so there's a lot of busts going on. And the question is, retail's not going away. Where is it shifting to? 80% of retail still goes through brick-and-mortar stores. So Amazon has got 38% of the e-commerce sales, but there's still 80% of brick-and-mortar out there that they can go after. Or they could do something. <clears throat> and in my opinion, and this is just going to be a broad-based statement, it's the companies like Amazon who are aggressive when things are down. When Apple should be talking about COVID-19 in their retail stores and how no one's going out and how the phone is this big germ thing, uh-uh. No. Apple's saying, we're kicking Intel out of our product. We're going to do it ourselves. We're going to make it better. We're going to make it last longer. We're making it go faster. We're going to make batteries better. Goodbye. So Amazon could be doing stuff like that. And that's the thought. Pay attention to some of the plays here. Um, Macy's also owns Bloomingdale's and Blue Mercury. It's a 161-year-old retailer. When I think of a Macy's, I kind of think of uh, like a Billy the Kid walking in and saying, I'd like a pair of denim slacks, ma'am. <laughs> it was a man dressed as a woman because that's what they had to do in the Wild West to uh, work in retail. I think that's strangely true. Uh, I think San Francisco had men dressing as women. Uh, during the gold rush. And I only know that because I happened to re-go through part of third grade this year. <laughs> oh, boy. Amazon generated nearly $20 billion in free cash flow in the last 12 months. So they can buy Macy's for their cash flow and be done with it and close the book on a, a retailer that's been around since Billy the Kid. And not really Billy the Kid, but you get the idea. Now, that, that brings into the question of companies like Ralph Lauren, how popular is Ralph Lauren if they're not in a Macy's store? It's a good question because um, if you've ever traveled, and what I'm going to call travel for my fellow Californians, if you ever go east of the Rockies or if you ever go west of Hawaii, then you've traveled. But we tend to keep it like a little bit too close, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, why leave? But if you've ever traveled, you've noticed things like there's a lot of product out there like Ralph Lauren. And I used to like Ralph Lauren. I haven't looked at it in the last year. But up to like a two years ago, I really liked the stock. It was a, a stock that you can go to China and see a Ralph Lauren polo. You can go to Barbados. I don't even know where Barbados is on a map, but you can go there. There's Ralph Lauren. You can go to Costa Rica. I, I, I would... I could probably get Costa Rica on a map, but my geography is not nearly as good as my stock smarts. So anyway, what's going to happen to a company like Ralph Lauren that needed that foot traffic of a Macy's? Because like when I'm looking for a shirt, not the, fir the first thing I don't think of when I go to Amazon is like, oh, I don't know what or maybe Amazon starts buying brands like that. <laughs> we'll see. Um, 
800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Penn National Gaming is in the news today. Again, as we get to the other side of COVID, we're going to say, geez, we spent a ton of money. Ladies and gentlemen, we spent a ton of money bailing people out, bailing small businesses out, bailing restaurants out, getting PPP gear, we, we, uh, PPE or PPV, I don't even know. I'm exhausted. I've been up for 20 straight hours. Um, I'm doing surgery in the morning. Uh, Larry King once had a rant. Man, Larry King used to love media. That guy would do radio and TV for like 20 hours a day. And there was one night where he was doing his radio show like 1 in the morning, and he just melts down, and he, he's totally delusional about what he's saying out of his mouth. And it sounded like he was sleep slurring. It doesn't, it's, I don't even think he was drinking. I think he was sleep slurring. But now I digress. So when we come out of this, after spending money, millions and billions and trillions of dollars, I think we're going to gamble more. I think the government's going to say, you know what? We tend not to like gambling because we're a Puritan society, but we tend to like to spend tax money, so go do it. And Penn National Gaming is is breaking out today. It's one of those things that people are starting to figure out. So, again, I'm not telling you to go gamble, and I'm not going to tell you to go invest in gambling, but I like the long-term thought there. And if you don't like this one, then maybe go for a slot machine company. And if you don't like that one, then maybe go for a casino in Vegas or a casino in Macau. And if you don't like that one, maybe go for an app that does some gambling. I don't know. It's a long-term trend. It's my job to show you these things. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, doing my best to show you some long-term trends, to show you some mistakes that you can make on investing. Obviously, divorces, cars, and houses are things that can cost you a lot of money if you do them improperly. I don't think the stock market can cost you a lot if you do it improperly. Um, It's tough to do improperly. It's tough to go to lose $100,000, $200,000 if you're doing it simply by the rules, which is a lot of people start doing it on their own. And they start thinking, oh, I suddenly know the travel and leisure industry when a month ago you didn't. And you didn't even know there was three cruise lines. Sometimes we create our own problems is what I'm getting at. Take a look at the stock market today. Um, I think it's worthy to repeat that I got an email yesterday from Glenn who, you know, he's like, I'm shifting. I'm starting to think that every time there's a tragedy, every time there's a disaster, every time there's an economic hiccup, that our government's going to spend our way out of it. I think it's worthy of repeating. I don't think you can use that as your your chain. I don't think that could be your like your only thing that you believe in. But I'm not against adding it to the repertoire, so to speak. Nasdaq sets a new record high. If we go back to March and when they said, "Hey, school's out. Take your kids. Don't bring them back. We're going to educate them online because it's so scary out there. We don't want children to die." When we saw what was happening. We never really saw a lot on Seattle. Seattle wasn't really great for the news. They handled it more efficiently. But then you get into New York, and you're like, oh, boy. Oh, boy. Too big to be efficient. And Cuomo was going on with this. Like, Did we think we were going to be at a NASDAQ all-time high two months later? 
Um, it was pretty grim looking there. So we're not at an all time high. Like we're not where we were at the beginning of the year. At the beginning of the year, it was an old bull market that refused to die. It was slowly grinding. This is exciting. So we haven't even got to the phase of the slow grind. Stocks jump at the open of the market today. The Nasdaq sets a record. Upbeat manufacturing um, inflation numbers out of Europe. Then you get um, the coronavirus situation being talked about. Trade deal with China is intact, according to President Trump, which should provide some support for the economy in the meantime. It's hilarious right now what's going on with Twitter and President Trump of he's saying if we do more testings, of course we're going to have more sick people. <laughs> and I just think we should stop talking about testing, talk, start talking about how many people are in hospital beds. I don't know. Call, call that a statistic, but I don't know. I'm not a healthcare professional. I play one on TV or play one on radio. Hamilton is coming out just in time for your July 3rd patriotic feelings. The Disney Channel, not the Disney Channel, but Disney Plus, basically paid $75 million to get the footage of the original cast. And it's going to be one of those Disney Plus things that I think it actually works well on Disney Plus. It's certainly not a musical I want to go to twice. But when I turn it on, like if a friend comes over who's never seen it, yeah. The rap-inspired musical about the founding father Alexander Hamilton's life was originally supposed to come to theaters on October 15th, 2021, in the movie theater. But Disney said, you know what? This whole coronavirus thing, we could make it a 4th of July family thing. So now people are upset because Disney Plus just stopped offering free trials less than three weeks before the musical comes out. And the trials that you got was three free weeks. So this is the beauty about Disney, and this is the the ugly about Disney. I love them and I hate them. There's a concept in my head that Cinderella has been, how shall we say, imprisoned in Disney Castle for 70 years. That we keep that woman locked up, and then we make a movie about her, and we lock her back up. And then 20 years later, we're releasing her on VHS, and then we're locking her back up. Because Disney, do you remember the commercials? Go, Cinderella's coming to Blu-ray for the first time ever, but only for two months. Go ask mom and dad for $69.99. So Disney's been like using the intellectual property that is Cinderella for 70 years. So I kind of like that. And they had this strategy, which I hated. Because as a kid, I was like, oh, I want to see Little Mermaid, but it's only going to be available on uh, Blu-ray and Blu- and for one month. I know you're saying, Rob, you want to see Little Mermaid? What's wrong with you? Because I was really old when Little Mermaid came out. <laughs> but you get the idea. Um, so they have that trick. They have that power of, if they took all the Star Wars movies down off Disney+, Plus. And said, we're going to hold them for two years. In two years, they're going to have crazy numbers because people are going to want to see them. They're going to want to show them to new kids who were eight and mom wouldn't let them watch the Star Wars movie. But now that they're 10, mom's like, oh, forget it. I'll, I'll give up everything. You can do whatever you want. Um, so Disney has that marketing magic. I know you're saying, you're, you, you buy this, don't you, Rob? I do. And when you start looking at intellectual property of electronic arts, they, they license a lot of their sports. And uh, kids today don't, kids today won't care 
about playing as Bart Starr or playing as Dan Fouts or playing as uh, Dan Marino. They want to be Colin Kaepernick. They want to be Patrick Mahomes. So the, the EA intellectual property ages very poorly, whereas the Disney ages very well. What else could age very well? In the video game world, it's Call of Duty. That's a good brand. We know that every year there's going to come out with uh, something that has, like, good guys shoot the bad guys, bad guys die. And we like that. And we know we're comfortable with it. So that brand is pretty good. So you kind of see the powers of brands. I hope you do. You can find me online at Rob Black Show. Rob Black Show. You can find me at Twitter. Rob Black Show. Markets are doing well again today. Um, Maybe we close week and we'll start talking about angles like that. Like, what are we trying to read into this? Um, But I'm reading. This is okay. I'm not stressed in any way, shape, or form. Uh, Solid may go away. It seems like that should be right, but nothing that seems right is right right now. We move higher. Anyhow, um, find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. If you have any questions, drop me an email, Rob at Rob Black Show. Rob at Rob Black Show. And uh, don't be shy. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com.